Good morning, fuckers. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, May 11th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all. Anything goes today. We have no theme. We have no guest. We're here for the next two hours. We do have a time limit today. And then Rolling Toe will be on. Both Mike and Kevin Beckett are available today. So if you want to jump in today, you better do it quick. Phone lines are open right now, 855-950-3835. Jump in and join us. I don't have a lot today. I've got a couple things I want to talk about, but it's mostly about your calls and questions today. Uh, Really, everything I'm looking at in trucking right now is all about the numbers, and the numbers are changing everywhere. I'm looking at things like... uh, cardboard box orders are way down. Well, what do we do with cardboard boxes? We ship stuff. If box orders are down, we're shipping less. There are so many signs in our economy now that the economy is really tanking. I don't think there's any doubt we're in a recession. I don't think we've hit the bottom yet. We might be getting close, I hope. We don't know that for sure, but there are some signs. There's some signs in the spot market rates that we are getting near the bottom. I hope we are. I mean, if this goes much deeper, it's going to be really, really damaging. Uh, There's a lot of layoffs. There's still companies hiring, so the unemployment numbers aren't making a lot of sense right now. Uh, But I, I don't, and that's, you know, the government keeps pointing to those employment numbers to say there is no recession. So really mixed messaging, but I I don't think there's any doubt we're in a recession. I think now the question becomes, where is the bottom and how long will it last? And you should be watching those numbers and trying to figure out if you can make it or not. If you don't have an accounting system, you won't be able to do that. You'll just be guessing. This is not the time to be guessing. This is the time to be looking long and hard at your operation and your numbers and deciding whether or not you can sustain this or do you need to do something different, whatever that might be. If you are going to fail, and and there are people right now that if I were to look at their numbers and their operation, I would clearly tell them you are going to fail. It would not be hard to predict if they have numbers. That doesn't mean it couldn't be saved. Even if it can't be saved, even if you are going to fail and you are going to go out of business, there is a way to do it that will leave you with a lot less damage than if you do it the way most people do it. And I will tell you how most people do it. It's human nature. We don't want to give up. So they will hold on and hold on and hold on and miss truck payments and and skip maintenance and they'll do everything they can to keep that truck. And when they do finally default on it, they could have some huge problems. These are the things you need to look ahead so you can avoid. Like I said, even if you are going to fail, there is a better way to fail. So some of the problems you could be facing. A lot of people bought trucks in the last couple of years. We know that truck sales were up. Truck prices were through the roof. I can't count how many times I told people don't buy the truck unless you absolutely have to. I even recommended to some people to do long-term rentals to avoid buying a new truck during that time. And here's what I told people. 
the minute you sign the contract on that overpriced truck, you are screwed and you can't reverse it. And here we are. There are trucks out there that people paid $90,000 for that are worth about 50 right now. There are some real issues coming with these trucks. One, if you can continue to make the payments, which a lot of people can't, you still have problems. If that truck gets stolen, wrecked, whatever, you owe 90000 or whatever you may owe. Let's say you bought it at 90 and you owe 70. Maybe you put a big down payment down and you've been, you know, you did a nice short term, three years, and you, you've been chipping away at that, at that loan. You could still be $20,000 upside down. And that means your 70000 that you owe now on that truck, on the $90,000 truck, your 20 is gone. You still owe 70. The bank will be able to sell it for maybe 50. The additional $20,000 is up to you to cover. And if you don't cover, you're defaulting on the loan. Now, what are the odds that if you failed and got washed out that you have $20,000 sitting around to pay off that loan? The odds are zero. If you add $20,000, you would still be operating. That $20,000 not only will destroy your credit, that default will destroy your credit, you will owe tax on that money as though it were income because that's exactly what it is. You borrowed money from somebody, you received money, and you didn't pay it back. If you pay it back, it's not income, it's a loan. But if you don't pay it back, because you can't, and they sold the truck at auction for a lot less than you owed on it, you now owe tax as though that $20,000 were income. You can't discharge tax debt in bankruptcy. So now you may even be forced to file bankruptcy, which is going to destroy you financially, and you still owe the government the taxes, and they will collect them. They have 10 years. You've, this is the time you have got to take a hard look at your numbers and decide whether or not you can make it. If you don't have any numbers, I'm going to give you a free option to put together a really excellent report. If you do it, you could always call me and we'll go over that report with you. I'll help you figure out where you are in the market. Can you survive? And if so, how? What do you have to change? Are you going to fail? And we can predict that pretty accurately at this point. If you're going to fail, there is still a better way to fail, and I can help you with that. That's kind of, I, I said I didn't have a theme for today, but that, that's kind of what's been on my mind and what I've been working on. To go along with that, yesterday I did a Twitter Spaces, my first one. I really enjoyed it. Uh, the technology worked real well. The sound was excellent. We didn't have any uh, any technical issues whatsoever. I had been trying for the last couple of weeks to get spaces to work from my soundboard so that I could do a spaces just the way I do the show with good sound quality. And I, I just can't get it to work. The problem is Twitter has really set up spaces to be a phone app. You can listen on, in on a space from your laptop or an iPad, but you can't join. You can't be a speaker. You can't be a host. I can't set up the show from a laptop. That's why it's um, really, I was struggling to try to 
do this with our soundboard. So finally, I just said, look, it, sound isn't all that important. They're going to hear me. They're going to know what I'm saying. So I just fired it up on the phone. Uh, we did an hour and a half. We had, uh, I think, 80 some people uh, at the peak, which I'm very happy with for our first event. Um, I'd love to see that grow to 800 and then 8,000. There's no reason why it shouldn't. I've been talking a lot about Twitter. Um, Twitter is a big deal right now. Twitter's a very big deal right now. It is the only major um, internet platform that we have free speech on. And that is a big, big deal. Tucker Carlson um, is going to be launching his show, I believe, exclusively on Twitter. That's a big, big deal. And he's getting four times the viewership that he got when he was on Fox. This is, uh, is going to be a really interesting experience, and it may change Twitter for the better even. Uh, but Twitter is becoming, and is right now, a really important business tool. I am, I am like almost overwhelmed right now with requests that I'm getting from Twitter from groups and companies and people that I've never worked with, never spoken with. I don't have a relationship at all. They are reaching out to me for consulting. Um, I have a couple requests to go do other podcasts. So it's been a, a great way for me to connect. And these are all really good industry connections that I haven't been making. You know, I haven't been traveling as much. I haven't been going to events as much. And that's a lot of times where I would make those connections and relationships. And um, Twitter's becoming a really important place for me to be able to do that. Um, I also do like the spaces. So I'm going to do another space today. Uh, let me think about this. Uh, I don't think that Rolling Toe ever goes over an hour. Uh, today, I'll let them know they only have an hour. So here's the schedule for today. Let me, make let me look at my schedule and make sure I can do this. Uh, yeah, I th think I can. Um, <laughs> I just, Angie just sent me a message. Um, she, she says, it doesn't sound like I said Fockers. <laughs> I did though, it's Fockers, F-O-K-R. I forgot to go back and explain that, by the way. We haven't used that term in a long time, but I'm going to bring it back. I, I liked it. We need to have a little fun and lighten things up a little bit. Um, one of our listeners a long time ago coined the phrase Fockers, F-O-K-R, uh, and it stands for Friends of Kevin Rutherford. I, I thought it was clever. We'll, uh, we're going to bring that one back. So good morning, all you Fockers. Where was I? Oh, yeah, the schedule today. So we're live right now. Calls are starting to come in, so I'm just going to get to them. Um, I'll be here till 10 at 10, uh, rolling toe will be on. I'll, they'll finish at 11. Oh, I have plenty of time then. I'm going to start a Twitter spaces today at noon. So we're good. They can even go long if they want. Um, I have a conference call at 11, so I can't start that. So at noon, we'll do a Twitter spaces. And thanks to all the people that came over and either joined Twitter or reactivated and followed me yesterday, I, I added a lot of uh, followers. I asked people to go over and, you know, join me on the spaces yesterday. And we had a, a I see a bunch of new people in my Twitter following now that, you know, I, I recognize. So thank you for that. Uh, I'd love to see more of you today. Today's going to be about trucking. Now, Almost every time I do a space, we're going to make it more like kind of a fireside chat, town hall event, anything goes, everybody can talk at once if you want. Uh, it's casual. 
I don't want to be the only voice on the space. That's not the idea. Yesterday was a nice mix. I talked about some things. We had uh, three or four other uh, listeners who jumped in to talk about things. We um, heard a couple interesting stories. Uh, I answered some questions. That's really what I'd like it to be, a mix. More voices being heard other than just mine. And that's why we're doing it as a space. Two reasons. One, because it's a different format, a different feel. And I think we'll, we'll get different value out of that. And two, this is where we are marketing for new listeners. We've got to start growing the tribe. Uh, and this is where we're going to do it. So I said yesterday, if these spaces work out and we see some value in them, this will become a weekly thing. So it may become a weekly thing right off the bat. I really enjoyed yesterday. I got a lot of great feedback out of it. We'll see how today goes. I'm not committing to anything yet, um, but it's looking like this may become a, a weekly feature. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Join me today. I'd love to see you there. Uh, what else do I have? Uh, I'm just going to mention this. I mean, we're going to be talking about this a lot, but I got thinking about this AI stuff because I have... I have 12 books on my Kindle right now. I've finished one about AI. I have 11 more. And the one thing I, and I'm using multiple AI tools right now, testing AI on our audio, um, testing AI on our call of the day posting. Actually, what we're working on um, is instead of posting just the call of the day, we are going to be posting full episodes on Twitter. We, we have them in a lot of other places. You can get them on SoundCloud and a lot of podcast apps and um, certainly our app you can listen, but uh, we're going to be posting full episodes on Twitter here soon. Uh, we're working out some of the technology. We need to automate some of that. So I'm playing around with that. Uh, I think that's all I've got right now. I had more, but calls are starting to pile up. So let's get to them. Today's show's all about you. Let's go north of the border. Norma, welcome. Hi, Kevin. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? I'm doing good. You asked me to phone back a week after I did carnivore because I remember I had the high cholesterol. My doctor was going right. to maybe put me on a beta, yeah. right? Yeah. So my and doctor just, phoned me. Just so we remember, I congratulated you for having high cholesterol. Correct. Yes, yes. you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> So my doctor phoned me and told me that my low cholesterol was low and my high cholesterol was a little high. Let me, and because let me, my low cholesterol... Let, hold on a second. Let me make sure I'm understanding this right. Did he use the words low and high or was he talking about good and bad? He said, I'm pretty sure he said low and high. See, that's not Mom's making positive. sense to me. If he, so when we look at, when we look at cholesterol, we break it down into different components, different numbers that we look at total cholesterol, which I think is the stupidest metric ever, because in order to calculate total cholesterol, there are some numbers. If we're looking for ideal cholesterol, there are some numbers we would want to be higher and there are some numbers we would want to be lower. Well, how do you add numbers together when you want some of them higher and some of them lower and come up with a meaningful number? You can't. 
So looking at total yeah. cholesterol it makes us look like idiots. I've never understood how a doctor can stand there with a straight face and say your total cholesterol is a problem. You can't know that. Well, he never he he never said my total cholesterol was a problem. Okay, he said so now my low cholesterol. Let, let, me, let me keep going because this this way he's right. saying this is confusing me. Now let's throw out total cholesterol because it's a worthless number. Now, the components of cholesterol that we look at are HDL, high-density lipoproteins, LDL, low-density lipoproteins, and triglycerides, which are fats. Those are the three numbers. Now, in or conventional medicine, the doctors look at it this way. They believe HDL is good, they believe triglycerides are bad, and they are totally confused about LDL. They don't know what the hell they're talking about when they look at LDL, so they kind of consider it maybe neutral or bad, but they're almost always going to focus on your HDL and your triglycerides. They would call HDL the good cholesterol and triglycerides the bad cholesterol. When a doctor says your low cholesterol is too high and your high cholesterol is too low, that's nonsensical. It doesn't, it's meaningless. I don't even know what he's saying. Unless he's calling your low cholesterol, your triglycerides, because we want them to be low, and your HDL, the high cholesterol, because we want it to be high, but that is a really horrible way of communicating this. <laughs> I agree with you. My, my, um, I'll tell you, my LDL cholesterol is a tad high. It's 0.16 higher so, than so, normal. So let me address that. That's bullshit. If that's what your doctor told you, and I'm sure he did, it's wrong. No, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking uh, no, at I, my, no, I, no, my I know. results. The results are wrong. The, yeah. the, 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 everything about cholesterol is done wrong. Here's why you can't look at LDL and say it's good or bad. Because like cholesterol, like total, when we look at LDL, we have to break it down again. It's a calculation of other numbers, and we need to know what each individual number is. I talked to in LDL is something called VLDL, very low density lipoproteins. And it makes a difference. We, if we really wanted to determine if our LDL is a good number, we have to do what's called a particle size test. Your doctor probably doesn't even know what the hell it is, which is criminal. Probably not. But so, Norma, here's really what I want to tell you ignore everything on that report. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, I just looked at it and said, okay, so what does this mean for me? He's it, probably, I said he's probably going to put me on some kind of pill. He's going to try. Which he yes. did not offer me. Oh, he, good. No, he didn't, good. actually. He, what he said was, my low was low, my high was slightly high, which is not very high at all. And he said, because they level each other out... I'm not worried about it, he said. Oh, my God. He said, that but has, I want you, he said, he said. nothing to do with anything. So, so then he said, what I want you to do is continue to eat non-processed foods, which I don't eat anyways. Which is fine. And I want you, yeah, and he said, and I want you to take omega-3 fatty acids every day. I disagree. That's what he said. We, we even have some omega-3 supplements. Said. I'm not a big fan of them. I, I know why he's recommending it. What I really recommend is get your omega-3s from food. 
Well, that's and what it, I do. I eat a lot of trout. Excellent. I eat a lot of salmon. So did, did right? he bother so, to ask you that? No. Well, See, he asked me what my diet consisted of. And I told him I don't eat any processed foods. I eat meat, vegetables, some fruit, um, nuts, um, you know, that kind of stuff. See, I said, and I have, I drink bone broth. And he said, bone, bro- bone broth is processed. Oh my God. And I said, you have got to, to be kidding oh, Hang on, me. hang on, Kevin. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He asked me what bone broth was. He didn't know what it was. Oh, but and then I he, said, then, and so he got, went on. Wait, wait, wait. Because my head's going to explode. Tell me what bone broth is. Oh, here's what bone broth is. Oh, that's processed. Ah, you've already formed yeah. an opinion. So, every food is processed. Well, hang on. Let, hang, let's, no, let, hang, let me hang clear. On. He, hold, he, hold on. Hold on. I want to clear up this processed food thing because we all get it wrong. Every food we eat is just about processed. Unless you kill the animal and start eating it raw, exactly. cooking is processing. Most of us understand when we say processed food, we mean food coming out of a factory in a package. We're not talking about killing an animal, taking the bones, roasting them, boiling them, simmering them for 24 hours. That's not processing. We've been doing that for 100,000 years. We've been doing it since we invented fire, whatever that was. Uh, so, God, this guy's making me crazy. Well, he, uh, he Googled, he Googled bone broth while I was in his office. He Googled it and he pulled up this natural prairies bone broth, which I used to take before I met you. Right. I used to take that. Yeah. And, and I said, that's not the bone broth that I drink. And he says, Oh, but this is what it is. I said, well, it's mine is similar to that. My mind's better than that. Cause I drink Lana life, right? From your website. I order from yeah, your and, website. And look, we, and he goes, we, we and he could goes, say that Lona life has been processed one more step beyond traditional bone broth. And that step was to dehydrate it. That's that, what I said that, to him. That, I said, it's it. dehydrated right. animal juices or whatever. Right. So I said to him, he goes, he goes, he goes, so it's like what you make soup out of. And I said, no, yeah, sort, yeah, but no, I said, sort of, I said, so, you, you can't, you, what you do is it's dehydrated. You put it in hot water and it, it revives it into a liquid form and you drink it. It's very healthy for you. Here's the difference. And he goes, okay, well, I have no problem with that. He goes, I, he goes, I have no problem with that. I'm like, well, good, because I still drink it every day. Yeah. Even if he had a problem with it, but it, let, let's, there's some lessons in here. So let's get to them. A lot of people are going to confuse stock and bone broth. And there's a big difference and we need to understand the difference. Stock is what we use to make soup traditionally. Now we can use bone broth. I absolutely use bone broth to make all my soups and stews. And I recommend it. I use bone broth to can all my meat. I do too. But he, because he doesn't understand this and he's Googling it, Dr. Google, He's misunderstanding. He's confusing stock with bone broth. We can make meat stocks and there are benefits to those, but we make bone broth for a very specific reason and stock will not do the same thing. This is where he has no understanding of this whatsoever. And you can Google all day and it's not going to help you. We slow simmer (laughs) these bones with acid Mm -hmm. There's acid added. We don't add acid to stock unless we're doing it for flavor. The acid performs a function in bone broth. It pulls the minerals 
and the collagen and the gelatin and all those nutrients that we want out of the bones. That only occurs because we're using acid and long, slow cooking times. That does not occur. I did not know that. That does not occur in stock making. I can make stock in a couple of hours. And I do. I mean, I, I right. but I don't make it yeah. much anymore because I'd much rather use bone broth than stock. So it's again. Yeah, not, I use bone broth in all my soups. Yeah, he, he's just totally misunderstanding the nutrition part, which again is why he is Normal. used to prescribing pills and drugs and supplements. The omega-3 isn't necessary if he would have just asked you if you ate enough seafood or not. Well, he did ask me that. I did tell him I eat it. I eat it almost every day. And he said, I don't eat. And he said that was good. Right. And so I, and then he said, just keep up doing what you're doing and everything you should, it should improve. It should improve. And I told him I wasn't overly worried about it. Well, wait a minute. That's my other thing. Hold on. That's not all he said. And the point I was trying to make is he should have never recommended the supplement. Oh, Okay. There was no need. He thinks to. it will bring down my my little bit high cholesterol if I continue that, to take omega three fatty acids every day. That's bullshit. That has nothing to do with cholesterol. We 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 balance omega threes and omega sixes for inflammation. Omega three is the anti-inflammatory fat. Omega six is the inflammatory fat. We need them both. We need them in a good ratio. One to one is what hunter gatherers tended to get one to one or maybe one to three at the worst case. And that means one part omega three to three parts omega six. And that is still a good balance. The standard American diet is one to twenty five. 25 times more omega-6 in the standard American diet than omega-3. That's why everybody's inflamed. That does explain a few things then, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of joint pain and, and things. <laughs> exactly. I don't know why. It's well, no, maybe I, because I, I eat why. pretty healthy. That's exactly why. Because you do eat healthy. You have a good omega-3 to omega-6 ratio. The last thing you need is to go out and buy some random omega-3 supplement that is damaged. That's the problem. Oh, with, I haven't done that. Good. So the, the problem with most omega-3 supplements is the fats are oxidized and damaged. That supplement could do more harm than good. Okay. I, I haven't bought in any, so I'm not good. worried. I'm not too worried about it. I eat a lot of fish. So. Excellent. The other thing is, is I have been doing carnivore for a week. I have, I have thrown in a little tiny bit of fruit, That's a okay. little tiny bit That's okay. in the evenings. Yep. Um, and I haven't lost any weight, but I feel so much better. Excellent. That's what we were looking Physically. for. Physically. I don't care about the weight I loss. I did go through a cup. I did do, I did go through a couple of days where I was a little bit lightheaded and a little bit, you know, I just felt a little bit off, yeah. but my stomach and my gut and my pain has all kind of subsided a little bit. So here's what that and tells us. And I feel better. Yes. Yeah. Here's what that tells us about your gut. One of the most damaging aspects of us eating plants is our gut. That, that's really where plants do a lot of damage. They, they do a lot of damage to our intestinal tract. Not all plants, and, and some are much worse than others, but that's exactly what we expect to see. And, and everybody's a little different, but this is a 
really strong clue that in seven days you felt different and you felt it in your gut. That's excellent. Well, the other thing is, is the other thing is, is he, I have a um, minor bladder infection. So he's given me a mild antibiotic to help combat that. And the antibiotic is making, is wreaking havoc on my stomach. It it will. It's causing pain and and stuff. Let me make some recommendations here. Uh, If we have a mild infection, I would much rather try to attack it naturally first. Things like maybe some oil. So of, how do I do that? Some oil of oregano, okay. some manuka honey. There are natural antibiotics. Coconut oil is a natural antibiotic. What was the other? Ooh, coconut oil. Ooh. What was the other one? Oil of oregano, coconut oil, and what? Uh, manuka honey. What was the other one you said? Manuka honey. We have some okay. supplements. I mean, you know, if we, if you wanted, you could do a, a NutriQ and a discovery call and, and Lauren can help you with some natural approaches. When we have mild infections, we've identified there's an infection. It's not, I mean, we don't have a fever of 104. We're not in bed. We're no, not no ready. No fever at all. Exactly. So no. with, without a fever, this is not a dangerous infection at this point. So I'm not worried about trying some natural remedies and we have a better chance with natural remedies at this stage. If it becomes to the point where you've got a fever of 103, at that point, I'll abandon the natural remedies and we'll take an antibiotic. I'm not saying we should just ignore modern medicine completely, but we, if, if we have a mild infection, I don't want to reach for an antibiotic, even if they call it weak or whatever. Uh, let's yeah. try some natural stuff I don't stuff like them first. at all. Mm. And you see why. Now, you, you notice that when you take it, you yeah, feel bad. Oh, my stomach, as soon as I take it, within 15 minutes of taking the antibiotic, my gut hurts, I get a headache, That's and then I get diarrhea, yeah. and it lasts for three or four hours, and then it goes away, and like the, right now my stomach is fine, but I have to have my breakfast, and I have to You're- take this stupid pill because... I have this bladder infection thing and it's in within 15 minutes, my stomach's going to hurt and it's going to last for three or four hours. And then I'm going to have diarrhea and I'm going to get the headache and I'm only supposed to take them for five days. But then I also know that I, after I'm done them, I have to rebuild my good bacteria. So my husband made a batch of alruteri last night. Excellent. So I have that. I have that waiting for me. I had a little bit of it last night, well after my antibiotic. Good, good. Okay. So since you started the antibiotic, we do want to make sure you finish it. So do all yeah, five we have days. To finish it. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, I will be. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, but the next time it happens, I've got those written down for me to help me. Well, here, here's what next, I if it happens again. Here's what I would do for a while. I, I would go get a good manuka honey. Uh, I wonder if I have a link somewhere. can't remember if I do or not. Manuka honey is actually rated. Um, there's two different rating scales for Manuka honey. The rating all goes all the way up to medical grade Manuka honey. Doctors and hospitals have been known to use Manuka honey when their antibiotics have failed. Oh, okay. Um, mostly for skin issues. You know, you get a a wound that just won't heal on people and they get, you know, some of the flesh eating bacteria in there and things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And those have become very, very resistant to antibiotics. And we find that many times when antibiotics won't touch it, Manuka honey will. That's a medical grade. We don't really buy medical grade, but we can get pretty darn close. Now, I will tell you, be prepared for sticker shock. 
the closer you get to medical. Oh, I know. My husband's already, (laughs) you know, my husband, he's already, uh, he's already researched that. So he wants to get some. uh, You should. You should. And here's what I would recommend you do. Do you drink tea by chance? Yes, I drink um, herbal tea every day. Excellent. Excellent. So what, what I want you to start doing is putting a teaspoon of Manuka honey in your tea every day. Perfect. It's just kind of like a small that maintenance That won't affect dose. any of my weight loss or anything, will it? Absolutely it not. It won't affect my weight loss. Nope. And once I do another week of, of carnivore, then I can start introducing low carbs into my diet or no? Let's see. Let's see how it goes. And, and here's, okay, so here, you want me to phone back next week? Yeah, call back again next week. Let's talk about what's going on, how you're feeling. Um, and, and then when you do start add back in plants, you're going to want to really monitor and and then decide. well, I, I always I always choose I always choose very choose very low carb spinach, celery, uh, radishes, well, hold, hold, cucumber. Hold on, hold on. you you mentioned one there. We have to be careful of. Remember, plants which is plants have chemical defenses. That's why we we are really kind of looking at food now as animal products are our food. And plants are more like our medicine. Now, it doesn't mean we can't eat them every day. I do. But we have to be careful of those chemical defenses. And one of the worst are oxalates. Have you listened to any of our shows on oxalates? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I listen. I pick stuff up. I okay. don't pick stuff so, up. But <laughs> yeah, so, whatever sticks in my brain. So if, if you want, on the app, we did a mini series. And you can go back and, and listen to it. There's three parts. We did it with Sally okay. K. Norton on oxalates. Go listen to it. Really, really good information. Spinach is loaded with oxalates. It's one of the worst offenders. I love spinach, though. Yeah, but look, I I used to love bread, too. No, I know. I don't do bread much at all. Correct. So we just realize if we want to be healthy, we might have to give up foods that we have loved for decades. I did. I gave up a lot of foods that I loved. Um, I I, I yeah. used to enjoy spinach. I won't say it. You know, I was crazy about it. I won't touch it anymore. Now, on the other hand, okay. sweet, sweet potatoes loaded with oxalates. Another, I, I eat those. Another big offender. I still eat them. Oh, I grow them. Oh, okay. I eat them. They are a horrible offender. But I monitor my overall oxalate load. And I, I try to stay at about 250 okay. milligrams of oxalates a day. And you can go look up foods. 250 milligrams of oxalates is about a quarter of a medium-sized sweet potato. Okay. So they're high. But I don't eat it, sweet I don't eat sweet potatoes every day, but I do eat them once, maybe once a week. So so we have to look at the overall oxalate load. Some of my favorite foods, sweet potatoes are one, chocolate. I eat a, I love raw cacao. Raw cacao is loaded with oxalates. I have to be careful. Almonds. And we use. I'm, a, aller- I'm allergic to chocolate. We, so. we use a ton of almond products in keto diets. Mm-hmm. All the yep. almond yes, flour tortillas and chips, and which is okay. It's better than flour, but we need to calculate that into our total oxalate load because almonds are high in oxalates. So beets, oh, okay. you know, we're coming into summer. I grow a lot of beets. I love fresh yep. beets out of the garden. Love beets. So I have mm-hmm. to balance it. If I'm going to eat beets today, I probably okay. can't eat chocolate. If I'm going to eat sweet potatoes, right. I probably can't eat anything else today with oxalates. Okay. I'm going to listen to the oxalate stuff because I need to know more about that. Good. 
All right. So we've got a plan. I've written it all down. Yep. You've got yep. a lot to work on and you're going to call me next week. I will. Thank right. you so much, Kevin. I always appreciate you. You're welcome. We'll Take talk care. to you again next week. Let's go to Illinois. Sarah, welcome. Good day. I have an interesting book I listened to to share with you. Um, it's called Burn by Herman Tonser. And it looks at um, energy expenditure. It looks at how we burn calories from an anthropologist's point of view. This guy has story after story after story about um, going through school and going on digs and uh, work measuring energy expenditure in animals in the laboratory, following the hustler around um, through the savannah, measuring energy expenditure. And after years and years and years and compiling tons of data, what they realized is that the human body operates in a pretty tight rate that adults typically burn about the same amount of calories, whether it's the Hadza walking all day across the savanna to doing their hunting and gathering or herding, and or it's the guy on the couch watching TV who's, who's slightly overweight. And they said that's because they have figured out that the body is very good at adapting to its surroundings. Um, adapting to its life. Yes, you can go and start an exercise routine and you're going to burn a whole bunch of more calories, but then you know what? Then your body says, hey, I need to make up for that, and it eats more food. The point, they say, now we're not saying don't exercise because what we did learn is that exercising, movement, strength training, all that stuff, um, it doesn't really change in, in the long run. It doesn't really change how many calories we burn, but it does change how our body spends those calories. The person sitting on the couch all day flipping through the channels, that body will spend a lot of calories keeping inflammation going. The Hadza walking across the desert spends those calories moving exercising their cardiovascular. Let me ask you, let me ask you something. If he addressed this, um, our brain uses a tremendous amount of energy for the size. It's, it's way out of balance with the rest of our body. So I wonder then somebody who uses their brain a lot, like if I'm out in the garden and I'm doing physical activity, my brain's on vacation. I'm not thinking. I'm not using my brain very much. I mean, obviously, my brain works for eyesight and hearing and all kinds of things. But beyond my brain, you know, controlling the functions of my body, I'm not intensively using my brain when I'm doing physical activity. But during the rest of the day, like now, when I'm reading and did they address that? Does that mean I could burn more calories without really moving because my brain's burning all the calories? He, he, he did talk about mental work, like over here, you know, he goes over there in America, we do more mental work. People are sitting in desks all day right. using, um, he, he did cover that, but what they, and they, they studied energy expenditure with like isotopes and stuff like that. Cause after a certain time it became cheaper. And, um, but what they said was the, the main takeaway for me was it doesn't, 
it like it, it may bump it here and there, it, you know, if you pick up a new routine and all that, but it doesn't change how many calories our body burns. Our body is Got very it. efficient at, at adapting like an, an elite athlete. Their um, digestive system becomes very efficient at going through all the calories that they take in and spend. Um, so it's just the body adapts and what so, changes with exercise is, how we spend our energy exercise and movement is very important. Um, also in an, another couple books I've been listening to, uh, for, you know, for our mental clarity, for our heart, it's not, he goes, it's not going to lose you weight, but the more you move, the less, the less energy so, your body will spend keeping inflammation going. So let me ask you this. I, and I want to read this book. This sounds really interesting to me. Um, if if he if his claim is that our body is so efficient at maintaining this tight calorie range, and I believe him, I, I, I and that's why I want to read this book. But I, I'm reading the um, the summary of the book, and this one sentence confuses mm-hmm. me a little bit. So I want to know how he addresses this. Um, he talks about it. Talks about that three thousand calorie per day, very narrow range kind of thing, and then it says this. The good news is we can lose weight, but we need to cut calories. Well, how does he reconcile that? If every time we try to cut calories or burn more, our body keeps coming back to this tight range, how do we break that pattern? It's been a couple of weeks and it's a little fuzzy, but I think that he, you know, he said exercising more won't lose you weight. I agree with that. Exercise, I, I, I think exercise. that we have proven additional movement after you've lost a lot of weight with diet. Additional movement can account for maybe five to 10 more pounds. It, we've seen that. And, and beyond that, I, I don't see much benefit from exercising more. Right. It is, it, is the, it is the diet that he's saying we can lose weight from cutting. He says cutting calories, but um, when he breaks it down, they're they're not counting the calories they're cutting. He's saying, he ends up saying, don't eat processed sugars and carbohydrates. You need to, you know, focus on real food. Fortunately, he uses that language, cut calories, we can lose weight. But what he goes to is, um, you know, heavily processed, cutting out, heavily yeah. processed food, cutting out. So, so I, I, there's one more sentence here. And now that you said that, I don't think he's saying anything revolutionary here, although he's trying to claim that he is. And, and look, I think it's a good book. I'm going to read it. But here's the next sentence after he talks about, well, I'll just say the whole quote again. The good news is we can lose weight, but we need to cut calories refuting such weight loss hype as paleo, keto, anti-gluten, anti-grain, and even vegan. He discusses how all diets succeed or fail for shedding pounds a calorie is a calorie. Wrong. He's wrong about that statement, and I'll explain what I mean. Yes, we do need to cut calories to lose weight. I agree with that. A calorie is not a calorie, though. Because when we look at things like processed foods and high carb foods, there is another effect that is happening in the body. The calories we took in from a processed food are exactly the same when it comes to weight as the calories we took in from high quality beef. The difference is 
The calories of highly processed food stimulates our appetite and the beef doesn't. So now you will fight to control your calories because you're hungry all the time. A calorie is not a calorie when it comes to weight loss. I don't think the person who wrote the summary really understood what he was saying. But I don't think that the author wrote this summary of the book. Because when I, when I listen to the book and I go back and I read the summary as you're reading it, I don't think that the person who wrote the summary really understood what the author was saying. They need to be uh, fired then. But for, yeah. But for me, the standout, uh, the standout comment in the whole book that I, you know, I replayed a couple times was exercising. We're not saying don't do it because it's really important for health. Absolutely. Right. But it does. It doesn't change how many calories we burn. It changes how we spend those calories. And what I really liked was the point, or what I really latched onto was the point that when we're not moving, our body spends calories maintaining inflammation and pain. When we move those things, um, uh, we spend the calories moving rather than maintaining the inflammation, and that's the helpful issue of it. I that that's the point I really latched onto in that, that book. That makes sense to me, and that's the kind of stuff I do hope to learn from the book. Uh, again, the summary. What I see here is it, the summary's kind of hype, trying to which is what they do in, in marketing. I get it. Um, they're, they're trying to claim that we got it all wrong with paleo and keto. We didn't. His book will prove that we got it right. Now, there are a bunch of people right. running around that say, oh, you don't lose weight on carnivore or keto because you're lower calorie. There are people that say that they're wrong. I've said that forever. Right. A, a calorie is a calorie when it comes to how many we have in our body and how many we burn. That is what will determine weight loss. I agree with that. But there are these other two factors that change the way our body processes different calories. Well, no, there's there's the type of calorie and then there's this movement factor that you've talked about that changes the way we burn the calories. So really, he's he's, he's verifying what we've been saying. I can easily show on paper that even though I eat gobs and gobs of fat every day and fat has more calories in it than anything, overall, I eat far less calories than I used to on the standard American diet. That's why I lost weight. Uh-huh. Yeah. I just, like I said, I don't think the person who wrote who wrote the, the summary really under, really got the point of the book. Um, but I, I really oh. enjoyed the book and... Hey. So I want to read you the first review of the book because I, it, it's almost exactly what I just said, that the book's not wrong. I think it's right. I think we're going to learn a lot of things in here. I think it's, and again, I only read the summary. This person read the book. Here's what it says. Fascinating, carefully researched argument. I agree with that, but sometimes makes poorly phrased melodramatic claims. That's what I got out of just the summary. 
which is fine. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, we, we can identify that. I identified it from the summary. The first review I read says the same thing. It, there's there's probably more hype in here than I, I would prefer, but that's okay. I can read past all of that. Yeah, I like I said, I I kind of do read past all that, and I picked out the one sentence that <laughs> I hadn't heard before when he, he says debunk the hype of all the diets. He's basically saying, look. People in the Antarctic had this diet. People at the um, at the equator had this diet. And right. Different. The, our bodies can adapt to different diets and different climates, and it stays within about the same range of calorie burned. Um, as long as the, the the food is natural. And because the efficiency of the human body to adapt. Right. Um, but he, you know, he goes he goes into the 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 Western diet versus what they're eating out on the plane, and 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 that's you know the un uh, unnatural correct fat I, I, and sugars the Western diet. It, and I believe those get- are the things that throw this equation out of whack. Our body no longer handles calories properly and our appetite gets out of control. So, again, he's verifying a lot of things we've said. We've said you could look at the the Hadza or the Inuit and compare them to, you know, tribes on islands that consume tons of fruit and and other high and starchy roots and uh looking at that today we would look at that and go how did they maintain their weight with all that starch and sugar in their diet but they were all just real whole foods and and over time based on where they lived in the world their body adapts to that where we are in the in the world today is that the standard american diet is an experiment and it has failed. Our body can't seem to adapt to this, or we're going to need about 10,000 years to do it. Yeah, which we don't have. I don't <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I'm going to miss that deadline. <laughs> yeah. I. So that was one book. I am much more excited about another book I sent you last night um, that I started. It's called State Change. And the this doctor, um, her first name is Robin, um, she has, she has, says she has a network of clinics called uh, Parsley, and it is based in functional and integrative medicine. Mm-hmm. So I, I haven't found exactly how many this network includes. Is it enough where we can make use of it on the road as drivers? Uh, she said in, intake sound sound kind of like. Um, Kind of like our NutriQ, where they look at the whole history of your life when they bring when they bring you in. Uh, it has a mental health aspect to it. She says we you can't just look at you know the the body here and the mind is here. They're totally connected. People can have oh, mental hey. problems, problems that are in physical. I, I, Go I'm, ahead. Yeah, I'm just looking at the website and I'm I'm feeling a little left out here. What? It's the uh, Parsley Health is the nation's leading medical practice providing holistic women's health. Ah, I didn't, I didn't catch that yet. Which is fine. I mean, I could still recommend it, obviously, because I'm always looking for recommendations for women. But I'm feeling a little left out here. I want to be a part of this. (laughs) Well, especially when you get to chapter four, and she talks about all the intake testing that she does, looking at. 
look, he doesn't just look at, you know, the standard blood samples, but thyroid and the sex hormones and cortisol. And, Excellent. Um, Looks like a good book. I, I'm, uh, I'm putting it on my Kindle right now. Yeah, I think it's a really good. I didn't catch yet that it's a, that it was her clinics were only for women, but you know that's a good um, resource. But it's it's it, it is a very exciting book about how uh, you know we're we're not just looking at the phys- the body and then o- the mind health over here. She puts them together because, as we know, um, problems in the body can cause mental problems, and she goes into people who had depression based on SIBO. And people who have um, mental problems that uh, that cause body symptoms, and it, 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 it's just a really great integration of the whole system. And I'll I'll share uh, both of these books on um, Healthy Tribe, and that's really all I have today before I go on too much longer. Oh no, that was excellent. Thank you. I love two good book recommendations, and I've got them on my Kindle, so. Uh, I'm going to get to those pretty quickly. They look good. Have a good day. All right. Thanks. Let's continue on here. Calls are piling up. Let's go to Missouri. Paul, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I was listening to your open, and uh, I just got the itch to go over my numbers with you, and I just kind of wanted to reassure myself, I guess. Good. Let's do it. What do we got? Uh, I was, I was one of those guys that you also mentioned. Uh, I bought this Volvo at the end of January. I should have waited, but, uh, I pulled the trigger and with what I'm doing, I'm just looking at my maintenance cost right now. And it's just hard for me to swallow that. That's what it's at right now. But I understand that I've done a lot of big purchases that should be one-time purchases. Oh, good. So, and that's, that's why it helps to have an accounting system so we can see things like that. Um, Let's talk about the truck first, though. One of the first things I want to help people with is understanding where they are in the truck so we can protect a couple things there. There are some couple things that we can do that if you're really upside down on a truck may help a little bit. So tell me about the truck. Give me just the basic uh, specs, year, make, model, and mileage right now. It's a 2020 VNL 860 with a 12-speed I shift with 264 rears overdrive transmission. Uh, uh, it has right now 309 on it. I bought it when it had 273, and so far it's been treating me fine. I've had uh, no issues you, with it. What'd you First pay for? Experience it? with a Volvo. I'm loving it. Good, good. 130. Okay. Um, let me go do some numbers. Um, if there's more to the story, go ahead and tell me. I can sort of listen and do this at no, the same time, but I can't really talk and do it at the same time. Um, all right. No, that's all right. Cause uh, I'm kind of new about talking about numbers. So I'm a little not sure what to ask. Oh, that, you know? that, that, that's fine though. And I love this, that you're new with numbers and you're doing it. That that's the important part here. Um, I just came from a background family. Dad had a trucking company and we just worked. I know he didn't look at numbers and I know my brother doesn't now. And, I just want to break that, you know? Oh, of course. Just when I need to do it on the air, I log into truckpaper.com and they have changed everything. <sighs> there, u- there used to be a link right on the home page to do a detailed search. And I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. It's gone. 
I can do a quick search, but well, let me try just putting the basics into a quick search and see what happens. 2020 VNL 860. Okay, good. Uh, that that looks. One like of the selling points to me was the was the warranty that still came with it, and I know your feeling on warranty, you know, but to me it was just an extra cushion for me to pull the trigger, I guess. So. This is really interesting. Uh, Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, so here's what I'm finding. Boy, this is just goofy. This is kind of like the call I had yesterday where the guy was trying to sell the truck. Maybe it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Guy was trying to sell the truck that he bought when it was overpriced and the maintenance is killing him. And uh, when he told me the price he had it listed for, I said, you're not going to get a single call. And he wouldn't because he was twenty or 30000 above everything else that was like his. But, but that's kind of what's happening right now in the truck paper. Listen to this. The first 2020 Volvo 860 that comes up has 428,000 miles. So we would, we would adjust that to yours. It's listed at 69.9. What do you still owe on yours? 95. Okay, so we could say based on this one, you're probably in the 75 range with the lower miles. But let's look at the next 2020 860 that pops up, and it has 345,000 miles on it, slightly more than yours. It's listed at 130, 129.9. Nobody is going to call on that truck. uh... (laughs) Right, that's insane. And that's their featured listing. Then we go to another 2020 860 with 418,000 miles. It's 89.9, kind of all over the board. There's another one, 530,000 miles, 84.9. Uh, 473,000 miles, 84.9. So I'm going to bump yours up from 75 to 85. That does seem to be the price. Here's one, 400 and some thousand miles, 115,000. Nobody's buying that one. Here's another one, no. 460,000 miles, 89.9. That, that seems to be the price, 89,000 for a 2020 with somewhere between three and 500,000 miles. So now you know, if you were to total this truck, if it were to catch on fire, if it were to get stolen, you're probably gonna get about 85,000 back. And then you have to deal with the rest. That's what I was kind of thinking. Right. So we have to keep in mind that if that were to happen, here's where you would be standing. You would have no truck to continue your business and generate revenue, and you would owe the bank $15,000. And then you have to go out and try to find another truck and buy it. So I, I just want people to be aware so you could start planning for that. Have a, have a plan in the back of your mind. What would I do if this were to happen right now? Here's the other thing. I will almost, I'm going to make a prediction and I'm going to almost guarantee that you are still paying insurance premiums on $130,000. Yes. Change that so today. Get that recalculated. Yes. Go make it 85000 today. And that will lower your premium significantly. And that's the kind of reason, that's the stuff, that's why I do this. There are numbers we can find in in places like this to cut costs. And that's what we've got to do. And uh, like I said, I'm just trying to look at the numbers. Perfect. In my opinion, looking at my numbers, I feel like 
I, I'm doing all right. I'm doing good. good. I'm not the best, what, what, but I'm far from the worst. Perfect. So let's talk about just some big picture numbers. What is your gross revenue? Just the total number um, for last year. Let's use last year's numbers. Unless you have more accurate numbers, do you have like first quarter? Yeah, I have uh, everything up to date this year. Excellent. So let's minus one settlement from last week. Well, then let's just do that. Then that's the best number we have since you're so caught up to date. What is the total revenue, and how many months are we calculating? Uh, total revenue is ninety one two fifty one for all year at thir- almost thirty eight thousand miles. Wow! <laughs> nice, nice numbers. Um, that's a very good number to start with. So your revenue is still holding up really well. Um, you are doing well over two plus a mile, um, all miles. So that's that's a great number right now. Um, what are our, what's the bottom line? How much are you making per mile after all expenses? 97 cents. Oh, you, you're, you're fine right now. Now, at these numbers, are you putting money in the bank? Yes, sir. Perfect. I'm already putting cushion for maintenance and putting the cushion for what we just talked about. If something were to happen to the truck. Perfect. Now, just what try I, to be safe and get that gut in my stomach down, you know? Yep. Yep. Well, the good news is you are, you are really looking at strong numbers for the first quarter, and that's a good sign. A lot of people had horrible numbers in the first quarter. So that tells me you've got good quality freight and relationships and, um, that's outstanding. What I want you to do later today after this call, when you've got some time, uh, like I said, I'm just trying to do some quick math in my head. You're, you're do something a mile right now. I want you to run like a, what if scenario? What if that dropped to a dollar 60 a mile? And then see what it looks like. I can already kind of go back to that. I can already look to my previous year because the carrier I was at, I was already at a dollar twelve a mile plus the surcharge last year. Oh, fantastic! You're, you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, it, it, you know this is going to okay. be rough for all of us. I mean, none of us like to lose thirty percent of our of our revenue, but it's it's a whole right. lot easier to handle when you know you can stay in business even if you do lose thirty percent of the revenue. So I, right now you're in good shape. I would just continue to monitor this. Like in a month or two, if the numbers are getting worse, call me back. We'll do this again. But right now you're in great shape. And the only thing I would, two things I would go do if I were you. One, go revalue your insurance so we can save even more money. And then two, run that worst case scenario. Um, and just run it anyway. Just, just, just to see what the number is. What's left over if you were only making a buck sixty a mile? And uh, the way I live and everything, I can survive on that buck sixty already. I did it for three years before Perfect. while the spot market was crazy. Perfect. See, so. is, isn't it nice to have the numbers instead of just wondering or guessing? Yes, and, and every time I hear a call like that one you were talking about trying to sell you the truck, I was just screaming in the truck like, oh, my God. <laughs> Here's the interesting thing, and I see this every down cycle. All of the people who are struggling and losing trucks and screaming about how they can't possibly make it another month if somebody doesn't fix something and they want the government to fix the brokers and all of those people. When I say, look, I get it. It's a tough time. Let's look at your numbers. 
Silence, crickets. Well, what good's that going to do? I can't cut any cost. Of course you can. Everybody can. So is it a coincidence that the people who don't have numbers are always struggling and going out of business and everybody who calls me to go over their numbers, I almost always say you're fine. Could it be nothing more than just track your numbers? It makes such big improvements in your business when you do this. And I look at it like uh, pre-planning your trip. You can't pre-plan your trip if you don't know where you're going. <laughs> exactly. Good point. That's a great analogy. <laughs> and I, I've said, I, along with that, I've made this statement before. Truck drivers should be better at anybody than goal setting. At goal setting. Because what is goal setting? Here's how you set a goal. You figure out where you are, if it's money or health or whatever. Where am I right now? Where do I want to be? That's my goal. How do I get there? What do truck drivers do every day? Here's where my truck is now. Here's where the freight needs to get to. How do I do it? They do it every day. That's the, the exact same process we do, use to set goals and achieve them. And if you're like me, I like making it a, a little competition with myself. There you go. Just try to better it. Competition is a good thing. Paul, great stuff. Um, keep it up. Call me once in a while. Let's check on these numbers. I, I don't really think we need to. Um, you've got a really good handle on this. You said you were new at numbers, but you've got this. Uh, let's go to Florida. Matt, welcome to the program. Good morning, Kevin. You're number one Fokker. Ah, there you go. I don't, that, that came to me in a dream last night. I'm like, why don't we use that anymore? I always liked that. Well, you know, I was like, what, what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, I, I knew it, so I realized it. But <laughs> Yo, uh, you're, you know, I didn't think about that. And Angie said it sounded like I said something else. So I bet there were a lot of confused people. What's he talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Brings back good memories. Yeah, I haven't talked to Eldon oh, in years. I know. I'll probably give him a call. That's bizarre. I thought of Eldon yesterday. It's weird that you brought up Eldon. Um, we need to have a Fokker Fest. Yep. And we'll try not to burn down the smoker well, this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we got a graduation party coming up in about a month, but. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, so. Um, so this last caller and the caller, I think it was Raymond on Tuesday. I, sorry if I can't remember his name exactly. Uh, you were way off on his maintenance numbers on the numbers he did give you. Was I? $40,000 divided by 10,000 miles. Oh, I was doing 100,000 miles. It's $4. Yeah, $4 a mile if, uh, if those are his correct numbers. I, I was using 100,000 because it made sense. 40 cents a mile is outrageous, but that at least made sense. Four, $4 a mile is next to impossible. Unless we do a bunch yeah. of work, go drive two weeks, and then try to calculate our number. I mean, you can't do that with maintenance. So, yeah, he, you know, he's in a tough spot. I, I get his emotion because, like you said, he's going to be out about 100 grand on this truck, and that's tough. Uh, it, uh, That's really tough. So honestly, I'm not sure how he can make it. I mean, I think if if I could really sit down with him and and we could commute, I I don't know why. The week before, he said every time he calls, I argue with him, and then I realized I'm he's right. 
I do. There's a reason for that. He's doing a lot of things wrong. He's thinking wrong in a lot of ways, and I'm trying to help him. I don't mean to just argue with him. I'm trying to get through to him. Well, and like you just said with the last caller about all the people that call that have their numbers. Right. You're talking about how good they're doing. Exactly. Is is there a difference between when somebody calls that is a business owner and is running a business versus somebody that just bought a truck and they're out here doing whatever? Yeah, the last caller was running a business. And that's what I, for years, I've tried to get people to think that way. I mean, I started out, I wanted to own a truck, you know, that was the reason I went and bought one. Right. I wasn't great at it in the beginning, but over time, it, I learned. Most of us were not very good at this in the beginning. I was horrible. I made some big mistakes that I almost couldn't recover from. So the main reason for my call today is, uh, like, we were open there talking about financial stuff. And uh, last week, I think I said I've been listening to Dave Ramsey more, and I realized why. I, I quit listening for a couple of years because he got, uh, well, I don't know if he got off. I think he's still on XM Satellite Radio. But when you got kicked off of Satellite Radio, I went back in and was listening to more podcasts and different stuff off of apps. And that's when I started listening to Dave again more ah, regularly now. Got it. Okay. And it's just, it blows my mind how much the train of thought is almost identical to how Dave describes stuff and you describe stuff. Um, just this last week, you had a call in a, about buying a house. And it's the same question you get about buying a truck. And when is the best time to buy a house? And this and that. And Dave said, there's never a bad time to buy a house if you're ready to buy a house. <laughs> and there's never a good time to buy a house if you're not ready. <laughs> it's a, So I, I'm kind of going through this right now. Well, it's, it's over. Um, my son, Michael, just bought his first house. He gets the keys today. Yep. I mean, that's how he gets the keys today. They're moving in Saturday. I'm, I'm nervous as hell for him. He's had a couple of really good years on his own. He's doing fantastic. He got his credit taken care of. He got married. Uh, another baby on the way. He's got the twins. And he bought, and it's, it's what I would consider an expensive home for a first home. But that's just the market where he's at. I mean, that that's just kind of an average you know, enough square feet for what he needs. And uh, so, you know, he bought it at a higher interest rate. But, you know, at first I kept telling him, don't buy, don't buy, don't buy, wait. It's a good thing he waited. He did save probably twenty or $30,000 over what he was looking at about six months ago. Um, so he saved some. It still felt like a really high price to me. But the other problem where he's at is rent is worse than a mortgage. So it, it, yep. it's, it was kind of a tough, you know, situation. And so I'm hoping that, you know, I think the same way Dave Ramsey does. It's not necessarily a bad time if you're prepared. And he was about as prepared as he could be. So and just, uh, I guess, put some ease into your mind. I guess, you know, you're, I'm always an internal optimist. And between listening to Tony Robbins and Dave Ramsey and several other people, you really get confused about where we're at in this economy and everything. And 
So you, in your open, you said, you know, you think we're past the bottom of the market in the stock market. That was in October. I don't, did I That's mention the stock market in my it. open? I think I was talking about the I, freight well, market. Well, you mentioned, well, I think you did mention the stock market at one point that it's. I can't, you know, I, I am totally confused about the stock market. That's why I don't talk about it much. I can't figure it out. Yep. It's not making any sense to me at all. So I, I'm not going to talk about something I can't make sense of. Well, and I believe it was in Unshakable, Tony Robbins' book, where he talked about bear markets and bull markets and recessions and all that, that they happen way more often than most people realize, but they're short. And technically, we're, we're already past a typical recession right now, so we should be back in the growth phase again. Which is bizarre because the I'm government still claims happen, we never went into a recession. Yeah, well... That's hey earlier with Sarah in the book I sent you a text. You know you feel left out because you're not a woman. <laughs> you can just claim you are these days. You just, you, you just make the statement of whatever you want to be. That's, That's okay. right. That's right. I'm going to show up at Parsley Health claiming to be a woman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah. so yeah. I mean, if you look at it, you know, in average recessions and all that, we we may have already hit the bottom and climbing up. I certainly would not predict that. I don't feel like um, we're going to climb up. I'm hoping yeah. we're nearing the bottom. And I'm talking more about the freight market and rates because yeah. where we're at right now, the national truckload index is somewhere like a dollar sixty something a mile. Uh, that's a big, big picture. Lots of things get averaged into that. We're clearly hearing a lot of our listeners are doing way better than that still. But if we drop much below that, it becomes a real struggle for even people who have run a pretty good business. It's going to get very difficult if rates go any lower than this. So I'm hoping we are near the bottom, but I don't think we're anywhere near climbing out of this. No, not in the trucking. You know, the the whole economy is so much harder because there's too many factors. Um, but just to stick with the housing and with Michael there. So what Dave talks about, technically, we've only had one housing recession, and that was 2008. Right. No other recession has there really been a that's minor, a, that's small, a good point. Minor correction in house prices. Yeah. But we've never, other than 2008, had a big drop in housing. That's a, that is a good point. That, we don't have that problem right now. Correct. As right. a matter of fact, Dave predicts house prices are going to be higher next year than they are right now. Um, because the market, there is more demand than there is sale, stuff for sale. I'm starting now, to be sales have slowed. believe that because I'm in the market for real estate. I've been talking about it. Yeah. I said, I watch real estate every day. I want to pick up some new properties. I've got cash. I'm out of the stock market and I need my cash has been sitting for a long time because I didn't like any investments over the last year or two about a little bit of property because I, you know, we found a bargain, but I, I'm, we were the, the week we took off, we spent 80% of our time looking at property, you know, like you and Angie did when you were out here on uh, yep. that trip. Uh, that's what we've been doing. And I'm shocked that prices aren't coming down where I think they should be. So I, I, I looked at a property, absolutely loved it. 
I, I, I was ready to write a check for it. Lisa, has, she's the one that doesn't get as emotional about some of this stuff. She's much more level-headed. And she kind of talked me off the ledge. But I, I really wanted the property. It had a lot of really cool stuff about it. Uh, but it was really still overpriced for what it is. And, and But that it maybe it's not overpriced. That's what I'm starting to think is we may not see these real yeah. estate prices come down the way I was hoping. And then, too, about interest rates. So I think Dave got his real estate license in 78. I think he was 18 years old, he, he talks about. And that's right about that same time as when mortgage rates broke 10%. Okay. In the late 70s. Do you know when they dropped below 10%? Uh, it was almost mid 80s. Just shy of 10 years. 10 full years. It was nine nine years and so many months, they were above 10%. Yeah, I thought it was like mid 80s for a whole when second. it finally broke. Yeah, it was, yeah, yep, late, later 80s, mid you, to late 80s, yeah. You know what was popular during those times and I haven't even heard of this anymore? I don't even know if they exist. We were talking a lot about assumable mortgages. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if they exist anymore. So what what would back. happen is if somebody, let's say the the market rate for interest today was six or seven percent, which is about where it is. Um, I have a home with a two point six percent mortgage, and I yep. there was a time where you could have had that mortgage that it was assumable. The person had to qualify. They had to have the credit rating. They had to have the down payment and all of that. But instead of getting a new loan at 6%, they could take over your loan at whatever rate you had. Yep. They, they could, yeah, just do all the paperwork. The loan, nothing changes with the loan other than the owner of the loan. Right. And, and they still have to qualify. It's not like you could, you know, you can go out with horrible credit and assume somebody's mortgage. You can't do that. You have to have strong enough credit to assume that mortgage. But when we had those, those were huge selling tools. You know, if I if you could sell a house today and, and somebody gets to take over a 2.6% mortgage, that's huge. Well, yeah, and that's the reason they went away because there's really been no point to them right. until now. So maybe... Yeah, I wonder if they'll come back. If it is still an option, they'll, they'll start coming back. But that, yeah, so been looking at moving some money for my mother because she just keeps all of her money in a checking account and it's money that should be invested but she's 73 years old and she's not going to put it in the market correct right but, you know she's earning two tenths of a percent interest in a checking account get her into um, apple's account it's paying four and a half percent right now yeah well so my vanguard federal money market they got several different ones, but the federal money market hit uh, 4.95 this week. And CDs, well, our local bank, they're only at 4% for seven months. I found online a 5.05. Well, even for six months, why would I tie it up for that extra tenth of a percent? Yeah, right. You have it in a money market that's paying 4.9. Uh, exactly. Right. You know, honestly, uh, 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 right now, a six-month CD at 5% sounds good, but uh, it really doesn't when there are money market accounts, like you say, paying in the high fours. And why tie it up at yeah, all? Because this could change in a couple of weeks or a month, so we want to be flexible. Well, yeah, and, and the money market account adjusts 
every month. So if I would assume next month, it's going to tick up a little bit more again because they just raised the, the Fed rate again. So it's it, I, I have a pretty good feeling that money market is going to break 5%. Yeah, I think so. Next month. Yep. So, but yeah, the S&P 500, if you do a one year on it, which, you know, just a year ago today, because first and second quarter, it slid last year down. We are technically 3% up from a year ago today. And that number will keep getting bigger because I think it kept, well, like you say, October was the bottom, but right. I think around July, there was a big drop again. So come July, that number is going to spread even more. Yep. Yeah, there, well, there's... Uh, we're ways from the top, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's moving in the right direction. It, it's it's one yeah. of the craziest economies I've ever seen. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, like I say, I'm an internal optimist, but I don't see what's holding up. It, that's, that's the point. Every indicator. Opportunity for, bo- yep. Cardboard boxes are down. Container ships coming across the ocean are way down. I mean, everything is down. Companies are laying people off. Other companies are hiring, which is keeping the jobs going, which is what everybody points to and says, oh, there's no problem. Look at the jobs report. Well, the jobs report is the only yep. thing that looks positive and nobody can figure out why. Oh, so yeah, that, that was my next topic. Uh, just last week, today, last Thursday night, Dave Ramsey did a uh, special about the workforce, I can try and think of what it was called, um, the labor labor crisis. And it's it's free, it's on YouTube, anybody can go watch it. Him and Mike Rowe hosted it, and then they oh, nice. a couple authors. Uh, one of, I just finished the one book, uh, Men Without Work. I think it's Nicholas, so I can't remember what his last name was. But it goes into this, how many people are not even counted in the unemployment. They're not even looking for work. They're, and it's mostly about the main working force of, of at, uh, 25 to 55-year-old men. At first, I thought you were... Have dropped at, out of the workforce. At first, I thought you were talking about the 80s pop band, Men Without Hats. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't even know that one. <laughs> uh, they sung, I think they were from Australia. They sung a song, it's, sung a song, is that right? About Australia. Um, no, no. It even talks about. My, my favorite. Hey, hey uh, hold on a second, because I think we have Paul on the yep. line. We do, he's coming up next. Um, oh. Paul will Paul will get this because, I, I might be getting this confused, but I think the song talks about, uh, oh, I just drew a blank. What's that goofy food they eat down there that we don't have here? Oh, I can't uh, think I of it. Know. I can't think of it. Paul's going to know it. In the in the song they talk, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Go ahead with your story. Well, I, I was just going to say my, my favorite Australian band has got to be ACDC. So. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's not pop. Yeah, I'll go with the rock any day. <laughs> oh, no, I'm getting, I, I am getting them confused. The big song from Men Without Hats was Safety Dance. Okay. There's another one that has a song about down under, but that's somebody else. I think, I think that, I don't know. Anyway. Well, yeah, so the, uh, work crisis, I mean, it, you know, they went into the whole, Ve- how schools have screwed it all up. Vegemite. Um, one of the other authors. Okay. That doesn't mean yeah, to me. Uh, offered me a Vegemite sandwich. That's one of the lines from the song, but that's a different song. 
I don't know who sings that one. Yeah, Paul, Paul just texts that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, one of the other authors, and I don't even know this guy's name, was he's a pastor, because you know, it's Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership, because they're talking about leaders and how they need to deal with this and how they oh, need to here, change how they hire people, train people. Here's, here's where I'm confused. I'm still on the song, so um, here's why I'm confused. What was the name of this, Men Without Work? Uh, yes, Men so, Without Work, I believe. So there is Men Without Hats, but the one I'm thinking of, the name of the band, is Men At Work. They wrote the song um, Down Under, which talks about Vegemite sandwiches. Now we've got it figured out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. I've never heard any of it. So You're, you're too young. You're on your own conversation I know, you're, you're too yeah. young. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'll admit, though, my, I guess, favorite genre years of music is... Uh, got to be the 70s and 80s see there you go yeah this was more of the kind of these bands men at work men without hats they they were more of that electronic pop 80s kind of stuff okay yeah men without work america's invisible crisis nicholas eberstein all right do i i guess i have to go add another book because that one sounds interesting too yeah. I'm going to go put that but one so on this, my Kindle. This other one was a pastor, and he runs, you know, like one of these big uh, nationwide churches. And he made the statement that, you know, what today's school and everybody gets a trophy, and the people you're hiring, they don't even understand what work is about. They don't even understand some of these Gen Zs you know, the younger generation coming in, everybody used to complain about millennials. Well, it's getting worse. They don't even understand that a full-time job is 40 hours a week. They think that's way too much. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. In trucking, a 40-hour week is part-time. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> we do 60. That's our normal week. Yeah. Oh, unbelievable. And most people still cheat all their, I know, their right. on duty time to shorten that up and make it more. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I have to believe that a lot of this, and it's unfortunate, I think a lot of this came from our school system, not our parents. Yeah. I, I think well, it, we... Same we, with the... We found out during the pandemic that they were teaching our kids a lot of things we had no idea they were teaching. And it's been going on a long time and how we didn't know it, I'm not sure. Um, but I have a feeling that's what's going on. I think this is more of the, the government indoctrination than anything else. And it's, I, I would it's still blame it on the parents. Trend. Because you should have known what they were teaching your kids and you should be spending more time with your kids so that the school doesn't have that big of an influence on them. Well, you know, the whole, I, I don't even know all the letters anymore, but the LG, you know, Q plus trans, <laughs> you know, movement. This, and even the, what's the new term, the furries. Schools are 
I don't know if I'd say they're promoting this, but they're they're definitely accepting it and not discouraging it in any way. I don't know that they're promoting it, but I mean it's I, I just don't get it. I I don't either. There's there's something more to that whole agenda. Um, I, you know, if you look at what the government's doing as far as control, that that that's the big theme of control. So how does this whole trans movement fit into that? Well, if we look, we're we're really seem to be more focused on the males here. Um, wanting to be females. So I, I get confused. Is that a trans female? I, I don't know what, I, I, so I'm not even going to attempt. So I'll just explain what I mean. Uh, the guy was born with a package and now he wants to, you know, not have a package. He wants to get rid of his junk. I don't know what we call him after that point. Weird is what I would call him, but um, look, I've said many times, I don't care who people sleep with. I really don't. I don't care who you marry. But the idea that you think you can make yourself a woman has gone beyond the line for me. And, and I honestly don't care if you do it to yourself. Stop trying to force me to call you something other than what you are, because it's not going to happen. I'm not no. going to play your delusional game. You can do it all you want. I really don't care. But I, I won't play your delusional game. That's where it becomes a problem for me. But if you look at it, there seems to be more focus on, on men. And we've talked about levels of testosterone because of diet and other things. And what's easier to control, a male with low levels of testosterone or a normal healthy male with high levels of testosterone? Yeah, that's... You get less resistance. A lot less resistance. Yes. <laughs> yes. And and I will agree. There are times when you get high enough levels of, of testosterone. You see it a lot with bodybuilders and, and athletes taking steroids. And it, it can become toxic masculinity. They can become overly aggressive. So I, we know that can happen. That doesn't tend to happen with normal testosterone levels with natural testosterone levels. Um, some males do have higher levels and they do become more aggressive. They tend to make really good leaders though. Yeah. Um, so, and you know, just to be clear, I, I don't care either what anybody does. I just, I can't understand the in our face about it. it right. As right. far as like the, the, the men dressing up as women, I'll, I'll bring it back to our 80s music and the rock bands, and it started way back then. <laughs> yeah, you're the long right. Long hair, and you yeah. know, have them look like women. Uh, yeah, and you're they right. Were wearing and, tights, and, and you know, yeah, spandex, and yeah, you're right. They weren't claiming to be women, though. They were just that, well, that was dressing more effeminate. It, it, it in, and there were some that did the long hair but didn't dress effeminate, and. and since we were talking about 80s music, if you, you mentioned you like 80s rock, which I did too, but I also liked the pop and the electronic and, and that, and that was kind of the difference. You looked at somebody like Bob Seger. He grew really long hair, but he had a beard and he wore normal clothes. You know, he looked like a man as far as his clothes go. Um, it was tended to be more of that electronic pop that got into the glitz and the glamour and, you know, spandex and shiny stuff, but it was accepted. Nobody looked at them and said, Oh, you're trying to be a woman. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know where it's all going to end up, but 
I don't either. I'll just keep doing my thing. All right. I'm going to I'm going to cut you loose. I just looked at the clock and yep. I also looked at the board and I have 40 minutes to get through five calls. So that usually doesn't work for me. We're going to go to Texas. Howdy. Howdy. I smiled and gave you a Vegemite sandwich. That's how it goes. There you go. He just smiled and gave you a Vegemite sandwich. He just sandwich. smiled and gave me a Vegemite sandwich. That's right. That's men yeah, at men work. At, men, at, men at work. Men at work. Yeah. Men without yeah. hats wrote the safety dance. Yeah, they had enough. Yeah. yeah so, and Boy George is another one that was confused, but. Um, he was happy by himself. Well, here's the thing. I, I didn't mind some some of his music. And who was the other guy? Uh, yep. Kind of always reminds me of him. He was the lead singer of Wham. And then he went out on his own. Who was that? Oh, uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, he died, didn't he? I think. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't George keep track. George Michael. Did he George die? Michael. I can't keep track yeah. of people who die. Um, I, think he, I think he did. I don't know. I, I liked his music okay, a lot. Short time, yeah. Um, he was, he was pretty flamboyant. I, I, I was fine with that. I'm still yep. fine with that. It's this whole new trans movement where they want to force us to accept it. And we have to call them certain that that's yep. just not going to cut it for me. Yeah. There's only two genders, bull bearing and child bearing. That's it. I like that. I might steal that one from you. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, it, this, this whole thing, you're, you're going to convince me that you're a woman and you have periods and you can get pregnant and I have to call you she and ma'am. It's a bridge too far. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. So I would consider myself a fucker, but when I saw Tucker Carlson was going on Twitter, I was like, I might have to do that Twitter thing. And then you said you on, I seen it yesterday. You going on Twitter. So will that make us Pocker twits, probably. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah, we're going to have to figure something out there. Pocker twits. Yeah. Huh. So, All right, we'll work on that. So with the with this recession that we're in or going to be in, or I don't know, but I'm not participating in it. So I went, I sent my order in yesterday to buy a new trailer, but the guy's out of the office till Friday, but I've ordered my new trailer at about $135,000, but I need a new trailer, so... That's why I ordered it. There you go. And and that's um, the beauty of running your business the way you're supposed to. Even in times like this, you can make decisions like that. Yeah. And uh, so the last couple of weeks, I've been eating really clean meat and eggs. A few vegetables, but lots of meat and lots of eggs. Well, I regularly eat about four bananas a week, but I hadn't had a banana for about six days. And I had one the other day, and it's like, God, that tastes really sweet. And then I had another one today, and it's like, and I buy bananas that are green on the end sort of thing. I don't like them if they got any black on them. Okay. Well, I, I had another banana today, and I don't really like the taste of it. It was too sweet. <laughs> uh, I know what you mean. And I like bananas so much that when they started to taste too sweet like that, I started eating them with nut butter. It cuts the sweetness. Now, I know okay. it's still, I, it, yeah, well, that, I, that sweetness is telling us there's a lot of sugar in this banana. I get that. Um, I eat such yeah. low sugar, low carb, that uh, having a banana every day does not bother me. And when it started to taste a little too sweet, I just started eating it with some nut butter, and I love it like that. Yeah, so. I, in fact, well, if, uh, I, if I still ate bread, I would make a Elvis sandwich peanut butter and jelly and banana. 
Hey, did he put jelly on them? As a kid, I, I, uh, peanut butter and banana was a regular for me. Not that I would eat peanut butter anymore, but I'd eat almond butter and banana. It's excellent. And didn't they used to grill them as well? I think. I think so. Yeah, I think there was something like yeah. that. Yeah. So, um, one other thing, you know, this Title Forty Two at the border ends tonight or tomorrow what, or something. What border? That will. Yeah. Well, compare it to something else. It will be harder to go into Walmart and get a razor than it will be to get into this country. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I yeah. saw a Target store the other day, and I'm not sure where it was, probably in California somewhere. Every aisle was locked cases. Every aisle. Yeah. It's crazy. How do you run a store like that? I'm not going in that store where I have to keep day. waiting for people to open a damn case for me. Yeah. So... <clears throat> Did you see any pictures of the new 589 Peterbilt? I did. Come out? I just watched a video this morning. The, the windshield might be more aerodynamic. The, how funny. Well, that was the first thing. That, that was the first thing I noticed. Oh, look, they put a nice aerodynamic windshield on this brick. Yeah. Everything else looks pretty much the same. But yeah, the windshield's got kind of big rounded corners and it slopes way back much more than, than most other trucks. But other than that, um, it's still a pretty square hood. It's got air cleaners, big cans hanging off the side. It's It's got the, you know, big yep. air horns and all the big external lights up on the top. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty ugly aerodynamically. They've made some improvements. I will say it's more aerodynamic than a 579. But I'd never own one. No, I don't, I don't think it's more aerodynamic than a 579. I do. 579's got a more sloping hood. Yeah. 579's got the sploping hood with the headlights built in. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm square, sorry. You're square, right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, what am I thinking of? 379. That's it. Uh, three, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what yeah, I'm thinking they, of. They're, they're traditional lot, classic, yeah. right? Yeah, they're, they're traditional yeah, well, big they, square hood classic with all the stuff hanging off the side. This is an improvement over that, but not much. Yeah, about a fish fart. That's about it. So, okay, I know you got people waiting. I'll carry on. All right. Thanks for the call. I gotta go make some more money. There okay. you go. Go make a Vegemite sandwich. Let's go to Michigan. Nick, welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Thanks for my call. You're welcome. What can I help you with today? Yeah, man. I've called you several times about this 01 class that I have in Detroit. Okay. 127, Oh, uh, I've got problems with my, uh, found some antifreeze in my left fuel tank. And so I hooked the, the lines going to that fuel tank. And, uh, antifreeze in the fuel tank. I've got to, I've got to stop here for a second because that's not a common one. I have to remember the most likely causes for this. Do you have a, any fuel heaters on the truck that use coolant like a heat? Okay. That's usually the first place to look. Oh, okay. Uh, You already figured it out. Okay. Yeah. I, I took those lines off and I plugged them off. So, uh, now, I'm having problem with my injectors. They every time I stop, uh, shut the truck off at night, it won't start in the morning. It start up, and I got to shut well, it. And it well, hold on. Shut off. Hold, hold on. I wouldn't be looking at injectors. Usually, if we have a bad injector, it might make it a little hard starting because we we have too much fuel in the cylinder. 
but usually just a couple cranks and you can clear that out. You'll get a big, you know, rolling black smoke for a little bit. You might get some white smoke, but the truck will almost always start if we have a, a leaking injector while it's sitting. When we need ether, that usually means we've got no fuel in there. And that's usually a some sort of a leak in the fuel system that that's allowing us to lose the prime. Well, uh, I have fuel in my filters. Both my filters are full. Well, then the the breach then the breach is after the filter. That's all that's telling us. Well, I I, I replaced the check valve on the back of the head. That's one issue. That's a pretty common issue. That didn't fix this though. No, it did. Okay. Uh, when were the fuel lines replaced on this truck? Oh, I've had this truck since sixteen, and I haven't replaced them. So um, that could be it as well. That's where I would Um, go next. Just because it's one of those things that it's a good idea to replace them at this point anyway. And we sometimes we get lucky and and it fixes the problem. And there's a good chance it will fix this problem. uh, Another question about it is I'm going home. I was going to tear it down and, and I got a head for it and injectors for it. A truck has never burned any oil. It's got oil over a million miles on it. Nice. Never burned any oil. Wow. And uh, I don't drive at 62, 63 miles an hour ever since I started talking to you about years ago. Uh, If if I tear the head out and there's no scarring on my cylinders or anything, I don't see anything wrong with it. Would you put new bearing rods and all that stuff in the distance? Just do an overhaul. No, hell no. I, I will not do an in-frame. I will not replace cylinder kits unless I have oil consumption. Even if I looked in there and thought they were scarred, right? the evidence is telling us they're not. If we don't have oil consumption, our cylinder kits are solid and I would not replace them. And as far as bearings, we only replace bearings on in-frames or when we find a real problem. You know, we something went wrong. We see the copper, we see the lead. We know there's a bearing problem. But other than that, um, almost every time you pull bearings out of a truck anymore at 1.3 million miles, they're still fine. Yeah, I did an old sample. I got one from y'all. They, uh, so here's another reason why I wouldn't do the bearings. Some people like, might go, well, always. you know, look, it's been a long time. I'm just going to do it to be safe. I, I wouldn't do that because we do have this other issue that we still don't know for sure yet what's going on, this hard starting. It, so when I would rather save my time and my cash to solve that problem first. Okay. Another issue, I, I drank my radiator the other day to replace that uh, sensor that's on my bowl on the top of my radiator. <laughs> there, I've been using the red antifreeze and this is not red, and I haven't been. I put it in up for a new radiator about about four months ago, and got and a new antifreeze and put it in it. And it looks like there's fuel in it, but there's spotty oil in that antifreeze as well. It's nasty. Uh, okay, that's uh, unfortunately that's really going to confuse a lot of issues with all this other stuff going on. Um, are you doing this work yourself on the coolant replacement? Yes, sir. I would do it again and I would flush the system really good 
I know it's a lot of work and there's going to be some cost, but I, I would want to eliminate, I, I, because we have other issues, we could have injector problems. We could have injector cup problems. We know we had this crossover with fuel and antifreeze already. I would want to eliminate that so I'm not always looking at my coolant thinking, is something wrong or not? So I would drain it again. I would do a really good flush, and then I would fill it up with your preferred coolant. Okay, because back in 17, I called you, and I don't know if you remember this. I doubt you do. I had 10% in my oil. Oh, no, I I remember. I I always remember those because I'm sure I told you (laughs) your crankcase could explode. No, you didn't. I didn't, really. You just told me to drain Oh. You told me to drain some oil and put two, put two gallons of Lucas in there and get home and change. You know it. what? It might have and been before I learned that the the number that I've read from the engineers is anytime you exceed 7% fuel dilution, you are at risk for your crankcase actually exploding. Yeah. But ever since then, Kevin, I, I, when I do my oil samples, I always get anywhere from 3 to 4%. This last one was three. So, and I never have replaced the cups, the injectors, when I did the injectors back at 17. Normally you don't need to. Yeah. We went through a time where I don't know if the injector cups were poor quality. We, We did see more injector cup failures. I hardly ever see cup failures anymore. You know, Volvo had an issue on one of their engines and then they upgraded them to stainless steel, I think. Detroit had some issues for a couple of years, but then they just went away. And I'm not sure why. I don't know if we got better quality cups on the market or, or what it was, but man, I can't remember the last call I had where it was where you truly needed to replace the injector cups. It's been a long time since I've had one. Now, injectors so are another you matter. You not even replace the head, huh? Um, not yet. Not because an, those cups are pressed in. Right. Right. You, they can be replaced in a head, but, and, or we could just replace the head. And, and it may be time. I, I'm not hearing definitive, you know, stuff that would say we absolutely need a head. I think we need a little more troubleshooting. Okay. So I would replace the fuel lines first. If I were doing this right now, I would replace the fuel lines first. I would do the coolant second. And then let's see what we've got. Let's see if that fixed anything. Even the primary uh, spin-on filter housing, I replaced the secondary one because it busted on me when I was taking one off. Um, I would do the fuel lines first. Okay. Okay, because it's got me puzzled. <laughs> it's it's a this is a confusing one, and I think we might actually have two different issues going on. That might be why we're confused. Yeah, that's why if we start troubleshooting oh. with the the easy stuff that makes sense first, makes sense to replace your fuel lines. You need it anyway. It's a good idea. If it fixes things, great. It's a bonus. Your coolant is visually, it's got a problem, and I I don't like that because. If there's something in there and then something does go wrong in my cooling system and I might not know it because my coolant's already a mess. So I hate to have to do a job over, um, but I wouldn't want that contamination in my coolant. So those two things make sense. And those two things have a chance of fixing our problems. So let's do them and then see where we are. Even though I started when I started in the morning, it just filled the parking lot up with white smoke when I sprayed. Now, yeah, 
man, it might be too much fuel. I don't know. It, 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 we don't see that that often, that too much fuel makes it hard starting and you need ether to do it. Almost always, if we need ether, it's because we're not getting enough fuel. Usually, if there's too much right fuel, it will it will crank slow or not. It'll crank fast. It, it will struggle to start. When it starts, it will idle really rough and you'll blow a lot of black smoke and then it might go to white smoke. That's usually an indication we've got a, a leaking injector and we're building up. Here's the other thing, though. Are you oil sampling? Yes. Sir. Yeah, you told me you were. What, where was fuel dilution? Three or four percent? It was at three percent. The it, time he, before that was four. I don't think you have a leaking injector. Sometimes three or four is no fuel dilution at all. The, the, the Polaris lab is a little sensitive on fuel dilution. So we tell people don't even think about fixing a fuel dilution problem till it goes above four percent. When it gets around five. Then we have to address it, and we certainly don't want to let it get to seven because then we might blow up our crankcase. Um, but at four, I would just tell people just keep driving it. It doesn't show any metals; has showed nothing, not even See, a flag or nothing. That that's an indication. That's an indication that we really don't have fuel dilution, or we would see metals climbing, and they're not. So I, I don't think it's a leaking injector. I, I would replace the fuel lines, replace the coolant, and then let's see what happens. Okay, I'll do that then. All right. Man, I sure appreciate John. And I haven't seen, heard of you in a while because I couldn't never find you. I don't I didn't know what happened to y'all. Uh, I got canceled. I finally found you, brother. <laughs> I got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. found you, though, I, bro. I, I made the statement that a uh, sitting congressman should be shot for treason, and they didn't like that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, um, I, I, I oh made goodness. it, I made it about halfway through the show on a Thursday within 30 minutes of me making the statement. I got a text from the vice president of talk programming at Sirius who had never texted me and it said, call me after the show. And I called after the show and he said, oh he said, you crossed the line, you're done. That was the only conversation we had. That was a Thursday. What? Uh, yeah. That was it. Well, no, it went a little. What happened to free speech? Oh, First yeah, 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 there's no. Well, look, let me, I, I will, <laughs> let me explain something. I, I'm a big believer in the First Amendment and it's being trampled on all over the place. But the First Amendment protection really only applies to the government. That, that's the government yeah, that much, can't yeah. silence us. I, I honestly have no real problem with if Sirius XM wants to be that woke that they can't handle that kind of a statement then and they want to cancel my contract. That's their right. They're a private company. If they don't like it, fine, cancel my contract. Uh, and they did. So that was a Thursday. I took Friday off. We went back on the air on our own platform on Saturday. I took one day off. We did Saturday and Sunday shows that week. We've been on the air ever since. Makes you more happier, ain't you? I'm much happier. I love this. No commercials. I get to talk to people without oh, all the yeah. interruptions. And you, if you miss something on a show, it's on our app forever. You can always go back and listen to it. Now, we took a big financial hit. It's been a, a kind of a rough year. It sucks that I had that year heading into a bad economy. But for five years, I've been telling people, get prepared. This is coming. So we're about as prepared as we could have been. Yeah. Well, I sure appreciate y'all, uh, Kevin. God bless you and your family, and 
Y'all have a good one. Thanks God, for the info. God bless you, Nick. Thanks for the uh, support. I appreciate it. Let's go to Minnesota. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello, Kevin. Yes. To Michael. What can I help you with today? I am calling up. I have a question. I had some tests took here with my testosterone and cortisone, and they come back really, really low. What do you recommend for that? Eat a lot of meat and lift heavy stuff. That's what I did the last 45 years of my life. Interesting. And you still and got put on the, low testosterone. So you've been carnivore yeah, for 45 the, years? Uh, 30. I'm born and raised on a farm. That's all we ate was mostly meat. Excellent. Excellent. You Good. Know, your cow goes down, you know, chickens, geese. You Perfect. Know, uh, mainly red meat. Perfect. And, and same thing for a garden. If, if my, if my parents didn't grow it, we mainly didn't eat it. Good. Good. Love it. So, uh, lifting heavy stuff, you're doing resistance training two or three or four times a week. Every day. Okay. Um, let's back off. Well, I, that's kind of my job. Oh, no. See, that's different. Tell me about your job then. You know, I'm a farmer. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. We're confused. When I say lift heavy stuff, um, as a farmer, um, you're not trying to pick something up off the ground and bring it up to your waist that weighs 180 pounds. And if you do, it's pretty Maybe. rare. It, it, it would be pretty rare. It's not you know, consistent. What I mean by lift heavy stuff is, no, farming doesn't count. Bricklaying doesn't count. The stuff that we do every day and doesn't get more difficult doesn't count because our body is used to that already. It's been used to that for years. That's not what we need. We need to push that well, muscle I, much farther. So I do get sore. That, that doesn't, do that, do that, that's, that's, different that's are... different. That's different. I understand what you're saying. Okay. I still get sore from gardening and I lift heavy rocks. I mean, I, I'm carrying rocks around sometimes I weigh 80 or 90 pounds, probably more than that occasionally how I broke my hand doing stupid stuff like that. But I, I even that does not count. I, I would not consider me building rock walls out there, even though I, I'm lifting some pretty heavy stuff. I, I wouldn't consider that a routine that's really going to help my testosterone levels. My body's used to that. And I, I'll get sore and I'll have a day where I think I worked a lot harder, but that's not intensive resistance training. I'm talking about taking a weight that you can only lift six times and lifting it six times and then attempting the seventh and you're not able to do it. And then you do that over and over and over. Now, it only takes about 10 minutes a day. It doesn't take a lot, but it's got to be very specific. You have got to push that muscle to failure to where you can't do one more rep. And then we give that muscle two days rest before we work out that muscle again, at least two days. That's what you need to start right now, a high intensity, short duration uh, resistance training three to four times a week, and it will raise your testosterone levels. So what about push-ups? No, not unless you have a 150 pound person sitting on your back. I, I can do, I, I don't do a lot of push-ups, but I could probably drop and do 60 right now. That's not high intensity resistance training. 
We're talking about being able to do four or five or six, maybe 10 reps at the most. Now, if you are in a position where, where ten, you can only do nine push-ups, then try 10 and, and that would count, but it's not going to work for long because within about two weeks, you'll be doing 20 push-ups and now that's too much. That's why we need heavy stuff. We either need heavy weights or we need the resistance bands we have in our store. Really strong resistance bands. So I got a question. Why ultimately with the testosterone do we have to be lifting these weights and doing all these things? And years ago, say I heard in the 80s, the average male testosterone was 50% higher than it is today. We have a lot and of, yeah, of I can explain it to you. Gyms, no, I can lifted weights. I can explain it to you. We have a lot of what are called endocrine disruptors in our environment. They're in our food. You're probably not getting them from your food because you do eat a really clean diet. They're in our body yeah. care products. Have you gone all clean things like soap and shampoo and toothpaste? 100%. And, excellent. 100%. Okay. I went through everything. The doctor took the test twice because... Yesterday, he looked at me and he says, I don't believe this test. And I took it twice. Is, you're 45 years old. You look like you're 25 years old. Is he testing, he me, is he he testing free cholesterol or free testosterone or total both. testosterone? And both numbers are both low? Them. Yeah, I just like the bottom number should be like 240 and it's like 230. And the other one, the bottom number should be like 44 and mine's like 34. And then the cortisone, what I wake up Corti in the morning with. Wait, 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 cortisol, right? No, we're not looking yep, at cortisone, cortisol, cortisol not cortisone. Uh, no, cortisol. Yes. You know, cortisol your, your should be energy in the morning, highest in the morning, lowest in the evening. Nope. What? Yeah. And mine is what I wake up in the morning. It's like what it should be at night when you go to bed. Well, you're overstressed and that's why your testosterone's low. That's what, that's what a high cortisol reading, um, wait a minute, you're what you're it's low, low in the morning. Yep. And then it drops down and at the end, it's like a moment. I got, do you, do you feel, awesome, do, do you feel me. a lack of energy during the day? All day long. Oh, you do. Okay. So we are verifying that, that all day long every day. Okay. Um, do you have signs of low testosterone? I go to bed. Yeah. Okay. So we're verifying that the tester. Okay, so, well, that might be a clue too. Here's what I think we're going to need. I, I think you're going to have to do a NutriQ and a, a discovery call. I, I'm out of, it, it's not making sense. It sounds like your doctor doesn't understand why he's seeing those numbers. I've been through all the things that could have caused it. And you're telling me none of those things exist. At this point, we're going to have to start digging deeper. I mean, I, I'm out of ideas. And that's, you know, basically, that's why he had it took twice, because he, he told me my physical appearance, how healthy I look, how healthy I eat, you know. He said it's not patch, matching up. At first, when I ordered it, I told him I wanted it done because I felt so burnt out. And that's where he said that. Oh, there's so, no reason so what, let, let, let me go back. I have another idea. I have another idea. Let me think through this for a second. You're feeling burnt out. We might, yep. we might be dealing with what's 
we kind of call adrenal fatigue. It's technically not the correct term, but it, it helps us understand what's going on. So it's our adrenal. That's what it is. It is the, you know, pituitary adrenal. thyroid adrenal access yep. that is overworked. It, it, when I said you were yep. so stressed, that's why your testosterone is low. I was correct. Yep. But you said my cortisol is low yep. too. That's because you went beyond yep, the point of of burnout. Your your yep. those those hormone producing glands are now so weak they're not able to produce the cortisol yep. that they should be producing. Yep, right on. Yeah, that's so, what I try to explain to my doctor. Oh, uh, so it is stress. The medical doctors don't understand this. It's stress. It may be physical stress. It could be mental stress. It's probably uh, both physical, mental, and environmental stress. Uh, you need to start working on my stress protocol. It will fix this. It always does. I spent two years on this. Your timing couldn't have been better. So what is the stress protocol? Uh, it involves several things, and I'll go through them here. They're actually pretty simple. For a, for a program that took me two years of a lot of testing and a lot of intensive work, we were able to really simplify this. Um, it involves cold exposure, hot exposure, um, breathing properly, some specific breathing techniques and high intensity resistance training, like I described. So cold exposure, the, the easiest way to do that is at the end of your daily shower. You can take a long, hot shower as much as you want. At the end, you're going to turn that to pure cold water and you're going to stand there as long as yep. you can stand it up to about four minutes. After four minutes, you're not going to get much benefit from it. Four minutes in cold water is a really long time, especially in the beginning. Um, that's one phase. We're going to do heat exposure with infrared saunas is ideal. I mean, if you can do a yeah. regular sauna, that's okay. That'll help. Working out enough to sweat helps so, a little. So uh, let me get through yeah, the whole thing. Then we'll come back and talk I about each one. Things. Okay. Then we're back I to the NutriQ again. Because it, 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 it's... It, okay. It, without a NutriQ, so based years, on. I've been doing what based, you're saying hot showers, cold, okay. breathing. So, I are, get massage. I get acupuncture, cupping. Are, I've been are, doing all that stuff. Are you wearing the Garmin watch? What the heck's a Garmin watch? Okay. So you need to get a Garmin watch. And I, I, I'm not doing this just to try to sell you an expensive watch because that's what it is. Uh, this watch from Garmin, we sell it in our store. We've had Garmin on the show with this many times, is how, yep. I, how I figured out what everybody was suffering from. We used the data from this watch. We kept getting calls like yours and we couldn't figure out what was going on. They were doing all the right things and they had been for years and they had gotten good results. And all of a sudden they weren't getting good results anymore. They started gaining some weight, their energy levels went down. And I, through digging and looking at the data from all the people wearing this watch, we figured out it was stress. Now what I'm going to say, my guess is that you are overdoing the protocol and we have to give your body a break somewhere. We may have to back off on the protocol, not get rid of it, maybe cut the amount of time you're doing it in half right now. And if that doesn't work, we might have to cut it to a quarter. And if that doesn't work, we may have to cut it to zero for a couple weeks to recover. But during that time, you've also got to try to eliminate other stress in your life too. So, 
I, I got a question for you. And okay, take trauma. When you go through a lot of trauma, and it, I'm not talking like self-inflicted trauma. You know, just crazy bad things happen without any reason. These happen. That affects your body emotionally, physically. Correct. Absolutely. And you just hit on a very important point. One of the patterns we've seen, people get themselves to that point of burnout. Their cortisol isn't high anymore. It's actually low. Their testosterone or estrogen, testosterone balance in women gets out of whack. And we've got to let that recover. And, and what happens is they could maintain that, and they probably have been maintaining it for years. They're just kind of barely getting by. If at that point you have a traumatic life event, it can be disastrous to your health. Well, the doctor basically told me when I went through that traumatic thing, if I would not have been eating as healthy as I was, I'd have been dead. He said, I'm not God, but he said, I'll just be honest. That's why he stresses it is so important to eat healthy. Because you don't know what's going to be through at your doorstep tomorrow or in the next minute. That's a really great point. And I agree with him completely on that. That this could have been far worse um, had you not been as healthy as you are and eating the way you are. But it was enough that even with all that, you kind of, it, it pushed yeah. you right over the edge. I will double down on my last bit of advice. You've got to back off yep. of everything and work on stuff like meditation and mindfulness. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of at, I'm at what you're talking. But so spiritually, I would like do like a holy hour yes. in church yep. for an hour or two. Perfect. Complete me and Jesus and just Perfect. quiet, nothing talking, nothing doing. Yep. Because I always talk to people, they always just say, Jesus or God only gives you what you can handle. And I'm like, whoever told you that line of bullshit is, is BS. Because if you're a true servant, you can lose your 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 body yes but you save can. your soul yes basically saying so i was pushed over and above what i ever thought ever could have been and so basically through the healing and that's what i come to now is meditation self-care get prayer rest, right good water you know yes and i think that's what kind of burnt me out is with getting pushed over and above. I think so. I think that all makes sense now. And I think you knew this. I mean, I, I, we're talking it through and we're learning things, but I think kind of instinctively you knew this. Um, so I don't want you to quit all those protocols you're doing, the cold, the hot, the training, the resistance, but back off of them yep. and, and never do them on a day where you feel like you're forcing yourself to do it. Now, there are days where I, I know I'm healthy and strong and I don't feel like working out and I will force myself to go do it because I know it's good for me. You should not do that yep. in the place you're in right now. If you don't feel like you sure. want to go work out, then don't. If you don't feel like you want to turn that shower to cold, then don't. And even if you feel like it, I want you to back off some. Okay. Because what those things are doing, okay. I, I'm not, you may know this already, but it may help to understand it. Yep. These things are incredibly intense stressors for our body. They are putting our stress level right through the roof when we are doing them, but they're what we call eustress. That is stress that when we do it in short bursts like that, it will make our stress muscle stronger. But yep. if, you, if you've gotten to the point where you are so weak because of this stress and this trauma, that becomes too much. And, and it now becomes damaging yep. stress. So we have to back off of that. Yes. 
Amen to that. So through this journey, I learned a lot about self-healing you know, myself, you know, paying attention to your body, intellect, yourself. So I exactly know where you're kind of coming from. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank good, you for that, good, Kevin. Good lesson. And the, the good news is because you were doing so many things right, this was a lot better than it could have been. Yeah. I didn't have to end up in the hospital. Yeah. Praise yeah. the Lord for that. Yes, absolutely. Nobody wants to go in there. Nope. All right. And oh, another thing, I have never got a vaccination in my life, Kevin. Oh, man. I'm, I'm envious. Never took I, a I wish I could say that. Or a vaccination. That is incredible. I'm Congratulations. Congratulations. That's awesome. Oh, you can live without oh, Karma abs- and the vaccine. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. All right, Michael, great stuff. Oh. Call call me back. I got to run. We're uh, we're way past time here. Um, call me next week. I want to hear from you and see how this is going. Um, we had two calls on the line. I had to drop them. Um, we may do some schedule adjustments on Thursday. I'm thinking about some possibilities, so we'll see. Um, I hate when I have to hold up a rolling toe, but I also hate when I can't get to all the calls. So maybe we'll figure something out. Um, I uh, oh, I just found out um, rolling toe is Kevin Beckett today. Mike is unavailable. So help him out. It's always a little tougher doing these shows by yourself. You need calls. It's a call-in show. So call him. Even if you want to talk about what you had for lunch. Um, just call him. So I'm going to take uh, about five minutes. I'm going to close out this show. Um, I'll get rolling toe set up. And the next voice you hear in about five or six minutes will be Kevin Beckett. So start dialing here in about five minutes. Uh, Angie, I haven't seen, maybe I missed him. Do we have any updates for tomorrow? Oh yeah, you did it. Hold on. Henry and Joel are confirmed. We haven't heard from John yet. Okay, good. So we will be here tomorrow with Henry and Joel, possibly John. Uh, Kevin Beckett and Rolling Toes coming up right now. We'll see you then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.